As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Race is on, and F1 may be in hibernation when it comes to on-track action, but it's nonetheless been a dramatic week, with the FIA looking into allegations of confidential information being shared, and, in doing so, triggered a flurry of statements from teams that are united in their disapproval. So what's going on, and what does it mean for F1's future? I'm Ed Straw, and joining me to unravel the tangled web of political intrigue is Scott Mitchell-Malm. Well, Scott, just as dramatic in the off-season as it is during it. Some might say more so. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what winter break... Um, we piled straight into the usual um, claim and counterclaim, a bit of they said, they said, and just a bit, it's just all a little bit noisy and nonsense and a bit needless as as well, I think, as we'll, we'll get into. I've I, I got to admit, after... Um, after this first started to to emerge, I had a little bit of an eye roll and thought this feels like a mountain being made out of a molehill because... I had my doubts about the original allegations that sparked all of this and where it came from and exactly um, how seriously to, to take things because um, it wasn't something that, that we or, to be honest, a lot of the people I'd spoken, I'd spoken to had not necessarily even substantiated but had even heard of being a, being a concern. So there was already a little bit of that kind of, uh, how seriously do you take this? Then the FIA getting involved obviously escalated it and it becomes a thing because the FIA is looking into it and basically investigating. But then when the teams come out and do what they've done, that very much felt like a collective public middle finger. And um, yeah, quite a big, uh, quite, a, quite a damaging and um, what's the word? Uh, Hilarious. Damning. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, uh, but damning indictment of what we'd sort of seen and heard over the previous 24 hours yeah that's a good little summary it all kicked off on tuesday the fi announced its compliance department's looking into allegations of confidential information being shared then on wednesday all 10 teams issued identical statements that read we can confirm that we have not made any complaint to the fia regarding the allegation of information of a confidential nature being passed between an f1 team principal and a member of fom staff we are pleased and proud to support f1 academy and its managing director through our commitment to sponsor an entrance in our livery from next season. Now, very unusual to have 10 identical statements from teams. That's pretty much the definition of unity, isn't it? So why this unprecedented demonstration? What does it all mean? 
Well, I think um, the first thing to do is to obviously put a little bit of flesh on the bone in that the reason that this has come out is it all relates to Toto and, and, and Susie Wolf, and, and we can say that without accusing them of what they've been accused of effectively because Mercedes and Susie Wolf herself and F1 as an organisation have come out and if effectively, directly, indirectly, whatever you want to call it, they've confirmed that it's Toto and Susie that this is all about and it's because Toto's position as uh, Mercedes F1 team principal and co-owner and Susie's position as the boss of the F1 academy means that you have a team boss, team owner, one stakeholder who is obviously in a marriage with a member of uh, what would you, uh, like FOM staff, Formula One management that Susie is 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 a is a staffer there in her F1 Academy role, and the 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 idea, the implication is that Susie is somehow passing on confidential FOM info to Toto, and Toto's feeding back confidential information from other team people or whatever he gets in the paddock to Susie. And therefore, Mercedes know everything that's going on within the FOM organisation before anyone else. And Susie's presumably grassing up Toto and all of the secrets of the F1 paddock to Stefano Domenicali. Like, I think that's the, I think that's the accusation. And I, and, and the only reason I laugh because it is not a funny allegation. It's downright disrespectful. It's um, inc- obviously completely unprofessional and, and, and all manner of. Of, of other things potentially, but the reason I laugh is because it's just so it just so, seems so ludicrous um, to me. It's it is serious in its nature, but it's it, I, th- I think it's a, a ludicrous thing to to assert personally. Well, it's also um, a mechanism that isn't needed for sharing information. It's you know all of these people talk to each other anyway. It's it, it's not some magical intermediaries need. So it's just a little bit odd. But but we should note that obviously. This is the allegation that basically all the teams have said, well, we didn't make that allegation. That's what these statements say, because no matter how you pick apart the wording of it, it's still basically saying, no, we're not the ones that have raised this as a concern. Yeah, and so basically where this has come from and and, and why you have this will almost certainly be, uh, my suspicion is um, it's less about, you know, outright sympathy for the Mercedes side, because we know that obviously Mercedes did that very damning statement alongside Formula One in response to the FIA's initial one, I think it's less about sort of siding with Mercedes, although it's great that all 10 teams have sort of come out in in, in this manner. And I also don't think, as some people has, have interpreted it, I don't think it's just purely 100% siding with Susie, because obviously there is the specific reference to the F1 Academy within there. That, that to me, is more of an, in, uh, an indication that this is a little bit of Domenicali, the F1 organisation... Being like, right, have any of you actually got any issue with this? Have any of you, your teams, made any complaint that could have legitimately led the FIA to pursue this? The team, the all the teams have said no, and they said, right, we need to nip, we need to nip this in the bud. We need a, we need a show of strength now. We need to show that there actually isn't anything to this because, as I said before, the the allegations, if you take them seriously, are incredibly serious. So then all the teams come out and say, yeah, we've, we're happy to publicly state that, and you know. You can't 100% rule out one of the teams is lying or willing to put a a public spin on something that isn't 100% true. But when there is an active FIA investigation and when the allegations are of such a serious nature and when, if you consider this has come out through a media source, you know, it's not impossible that if 
a team did, had done this and then tried to lie about it and claim that they hadn't, you know, that original source of the information could come out and just say, well, it was this person, you know, so you could get outed. So to me, it would be ludicrous and down and just unnecessarily risky to put this statement out if it's not true. And I think that goes for any team. So you end up in this situation now where basically all of the teams are saying the implication directly or indirectly from the FIA was that um, some someone somewhere in a senior position, therefore being credible, must have indicated that this was a serious concern. What's alleged is a serious concern and a real concern. Otherwise, why would the FIA act this way? But the fact that you've now got all of the teams dismissing it in terms of saying, well, we haven't complained, all of a sudden, the FIA's position looks quite flimsy and you have to wonder whether or not they've massively overreacted either to someone somewhere else who's not that relevant or, or trustworthy making a claim or have they just overreacted by not actually getting a proper complaint in the first place? Well, and the key thing to note that the FIA statement they put out reads, the FIA is aware of media speculation centred on the allegation of information of a confidential nature being passed to an F1 team principal from a member of FOM personnel. The FIA compliance department is looking into the matter. That's all they said. So there was also a reference to uh, off-record briefings in the Mercedes statement, which was presumably what was indicating that there were concerns beyond that. But obviously the teams have basically said to the FIA, the way I interpret this is, this is collectively the teams and FOM who have very likely coordinated this, saying what the hell to FIA? What what it, what are you doing here? That that's what that's what really matters about this. Setting aside all the dispute about what may have happened or may not happen, this is significant, hugely significant because it's FOM and F one saying what? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that that's what in any situation, whatever the context, is a big thing because we just never ever see this level of unity. Um, and like that's why I describe it as like such a public middle finger to to the whole thing because it does it puts a massive question mark over the the FAA's conduct which had already been brought into question on the 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 first night when Mercedes and F1 made it clear that there'd been like no heads up about the first statement coming or the investigation from what I could tell yesterday evening I still don't think any there'd been any communication at all from the FIA to, you know, to Mercedes, for example. And the FIA communicating what it's doing has been a bit of a problem this year. There have been a number of cases where teams and drivers and people said, well, why weren't we just told about this before it happened? Because that would be the right way to do it. It's a yeah. kind of courteous thing to do. I mean, this is a, a one-team specific thing, it seems, but it's applied to general things as well. It, yeah, absolutely. And we never hear it or see it like this. We We know that there are doubts from the teams and individuals within the paddock about the way that the FAA handles certain things, especially on the the, the communication side, whenever it's something that the, the president seems to do almost unilaterally. That's always a bugbear of the teams. But it's it's massively concerning for for F1 and and the teams. You know, they're irritated that they didn't get... Uh, well, Mercedes and F1 are irritated that they didn't get any heads up um, on this um, and you can understand why because you know it's Toto and Susie's reputations are, are on the line when something like this leaks out and Mercedes had made a point of stressing the off-record briefing that happened and because that not only um, meant Toto and Susie got named emphatically 
and explicitly that it was those were involved. They're also they were just extra details, weren't there? It was it was the, oh, it's specifically about something that was said in meetings that you know information that they shouldn't have been able to have and blah blah blah. You know, they they was it became so specific it it turned a generic FIA statement into something more specific and. For Mercedes not to get a heads up in any way when it was concerning Toto, and for F1 not to have the F1 organisation to have not got any heads up when it was concerning the F1 Academy boss, you can see why they're both both fur- furious. And then you bring the other ten the other teams into it because obviously not only is there spe- going to bound to be speculation about whether any of those teams were the one that did the complaint, you you can see by the fact that w- regardless of whether, as you said. F1 sort of corralled everybody, even if there was a free line whip to do this, this doesn't look like there's been any pushback, you know, to actually come out and 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 present this united front. Let me just stress, obviously, that this process with the compliance department looking into it, it's not a kind of formal process as, as yeah, they're doing their kind of pre-investigation, if you see what I mean, that, uh, and, and then it can escalate into something else, but that, that's that's the process that's ongoing. Yes, it is. I think so because although, and I think we have as ourselves have referenced it as an investigation, we should point out that there is that as part of that process for the compliance um, review, whenever they look at ethics and compliance, um, the uh, like investigation is a is a formal stage of the process. It's the second of the three stages. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. which, which we're the original not in at the moment. No, but it do, I don't think they're in because the FIA's original statement didn't u- didn't use that specific word. So I think they are only in the first phase, which is kind of establishing whether there's anything here to investigate. Yeah, they said looking and into then, the matter. That's exactly. The and then they do a full investigation, and then their findings determine whether the case is dropped or whether they pass it on to the relevant FIA body to look into whether or not you know there needs to be punishment or corrective actions or whatever. Yeah, and certainly. It- the significance in terms of the teams being so publicly aligned, I don't think there's been a point since the peak of FOTA before that started to fragment, thanks to the divide and conquer strategy, that the teams have been so aligned about something. And they've got FOM as well as part of that. So, yeah, it's very clearly polarised, which we'll get onto in depth in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, Scott, this has to be looked at within the context of the wider political landscape. There is a divide between the FIA and FOM, and we can append the 10 teams to FOM when it comes to that. So how serious is what's going on? How does it fit into the wider landscape? Because this isn't just a one-off, is it? 
No, it's not. I'd say that there are two things really to flag up here. One is I can understand why, um, even beyond the, even not quite getting to that totally broader landscape. Why, if you're Mercedes or Toto Wolf, you're pr- you you're going to be pretty fed up about this, aren't you? Because if you look at you know coincidence or not, you can see why it would feel like start to feel like a bit of a pile on. Because the one of the examples. Um, about just sort of that that interference that people aren't happy with. You've got you know the Lewis Hamilton crossing the track in Qatar being made a big being made a big thing of after the event, which was that was all about um, you know his role model status, wasn't it? Ed? Yeah, yeah, and obviously it was holding people to a standard, and there was a feeling that well, the, the sort of FI was giving the impression that this applies to all drivers, but I think. As I understand it, there is a feeling that Hamilton, because of his other statements and how he tries to affect positive change, almost elevates himself as a role model. Personally, I I think the drivers have to be treated the same. I don't think there's any change of ranking of pen- penalties or punishments because of no, that. No, I agree. But I, I get I get the feeling that there is a little bit of a, a, a feeling that that's the that's case. But it's also far wider than that, isn't it? It's not just one team or one driver. No, 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 no. But what I was going to say was, you've got that Qatar Hamilton incident. You've got Wolf um, being along with Fred Vasseur hauled over the coals for swearing in the FIA press conference in Vegas. Now you've got this, um, which is kind of like so. From a Mercedes point of view, you can fi- you can see why it would feel like a pile on. But from an F one point of view, in this broader F one FIA phony war, it's the third major flare up of the year, isn't it? After the um, the butting of heads very, very strongly to the point of a legal letter being sent over Mohammed Ben Salayem's comments about, you know, the supposedly inflated price tag of F1 and whether or not, you know, F1 would be up for sale and all of that. Then obviously... Which basically was a stay out of commercial matters. You're nothing to do with Massively it. so. Then there was obviously the ongoing issue, but it all started at the very start of the year and has rumbled throughout with the uh, extra team, the expressions of interest, which is a unilateral FIA thing. F1 doesn't want it. The FIA started it, and they've been clashing all year on that. So, and this is the, so. This is a third major flare-up because F1 is going toe to toe with the FIA over this now, as well. And and every single one of those, and the minor issues like. What you know, the examples I said that will probably be leaving Mercedes and and Wolf and anyone really in that organization feeling a little bit fed up, kind of all keeps coming back to Ben Salayem. Like everything seems to be tied to his direct intervention, doesn't it? Whether it's official and he's out speaking publicly about it, or just from what we're hearing behind the scenes about this is him being the driving force behind it, and which is feels a little bit. It feels a little bit meddling for someone that was meant to have backed away from the day-to-day running of Formula One, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it reflects, ultimately, the FIA under Ben Sullivan is trying to really assert itself in terms of being the regulator of the championship. As he's pointed out, they're the landlord because they do own the F1 World Championship and the commercial rights are obviously leased. Liberty Media now owns those. That was a result of first the 14-year deal, then the 100-year deal that was done in 95 and then 2000 because they had to separate the the kind of regulatory and the commercial and promotional sides of things. So there's always this turf war going on to a greater or lesser extent, but we're, we're definitely at a greater extent here. FIA is definitely pushing for more say, more control, more money out of F1, whereas FOM sort of saying, no, this is what we're doing. You're there to regulate. So this is the battle that this is part of. And that's really significant because you're starting to hear 
you know, people in the paddock raised the idea of, oh, well, could the championship break away? And of course, there have been breakaway threats multiple times in the past. The last one was um, 2009 when there was the, the photo breakaway threat that was eventually under control. But there are people who are saying, oh, this is, this is almost becoming too much, uh, too much to bother with. So the stakes are gradually rising with every one of these little eruptions. And any one of them could be the flashpoint that really turns this into a proper live war. Now, some might say that sounds a bit of an exaggeration, but the tension is building, isn't it? It is. And the breakaway stuff has been a talking point since basically pre-season of 2022. That was the first time I heard it being talked about from... Um, off the back of obviously the review into what happened in Abu Dhabi in 2021 and the way that the FIA seemed to be mishandling that and basically since the start of Mohamed Ben Salem's presidency that's never really faded away and I think we've got to be careful not to make it sound like because obviously we end up probably because of the topics we we do end up discussing we end up being critical of Ben Salem either directly or implicitly and while I think it's fair to say there are legitimate concerns about the way he handles things and that level of interference and the sort of public way he wants people to think that the FIA F1 structure exists, but then the reality of it behind the scenes with how pushy he, he can be on certain matters. He's not alone in this. It's a proper takes two to tango situation, is it? And I know from the conversations that we've had, Ed, and when we've worked on stuff on this, it, it's fair to say that you know, F1, Stefano Domenicali, when it comes to the butting of heads, you know, there's there are no innocent parties in this, no completely innocent parties in this, are there? No, absolutely. It's their job to work together. It is a partnership. Ultimately, Formula One is effectively three things. It's the FIA as the regulator, it's Liberty Media as the commercial rights holder, and it's the teams. Okay, you've also got the promoters coming into that, but promoters and races can come and go, whereas those are the kind of three pillars of F1, and they need to work together. And suffice to say, through history, that's not always (laughs) been done that well. And yeah, I I certainly agree, because it's all well and good. It's all well and good F1 looking at FI and thinking, well, look, you know, we're in control of this you need to sort of pipe down. That doesn't help F1 as a whole. And on the outside, it just looks like F1 shooting itself in the foot repeatedly. You have this great growth period, and the responsibility of both sides is to ensure Formula One stays in good health, okay? Liberty's responsibility is more the commercial side and the financial side, and the FIA is kind of the custodian of the sporting side, etc., etc., and they they the FI does a lot of stuff in terms of the technical side, running races, race control, you know, all these sorts of things. It takes a lot to put a Grand Prix on. And the FI does bring a lot. And it's also paid a decent amount uh, through the Concord Agreement. So the key is that everyone works together. And what we don't really want is sort of that, yeah, that, that butting heads and that both sides being sort of too pig-headed to work with each other. So you, you've got to look at it and say, right, well, you sort of set aside who's in the right because both sides will think they're completely in the right and you think well actually what's the reality in the middle where we can make this work well and I'm not especially confident of that uh, of that happening because I think when push comes to shove like any turf war isn't it both sides want to be in charge don't they they don't they say they want to collaborate with the other and when they say that they mean collaboration and agreement on my terms which is no collaboration at all. And that's something that needs to be uh, needs to be avoided. Otherwise, it risks dragging the whole thing down. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's basically where this comes into it, isn't it? It's the, it's the case of 
whether or not there was something real here for the FIA to latch onto and look into, because I don't think nobody would dispute the fact that if there is any reason at all to even suspect a degree of misconduct or conflict of interest or anything like that, and then with the way that the FIA set up with its um, ethics and compliance zero tolerance policy, you have to take that stuff seriously. So, e- even if there are serious, serious doubts about whether what's been alleged happened, I think it's perfectly legitimate for the FIA to start asking some questions just to be sure. But there was a way to handle it that would have avoided all of this. That It, it needed to be done a lot more delicately. And instead, it seems to have been used as an opportunity to make a point whether yeah, it's, it's confrontational yeah and that kind of that's why i say it feeds into what you're talking about because kind of just feels like something that, that could have been handled better and could have been a legitimate attempt to just take something as seriously as a governing body needs to take something has ended up turning into a point scoring competition a bit of tub thumping and you know i look look how influential and powerful we are and it just that, as you say, it's almost like that collaboration on your terms if you're going to be that demanding. Because you might argue that the FAA was under no obligation whatsoever to notify Mercedes and F1 that this was all going to start. But that's just what good partners do, isn't it? That that should that that's just sensible communication, and that's what makes me think it has to be that there's this other underlying element that's just stopping it from being handled in a competent way. Yeah, there's all the talk about governance and doing things the right way, etc. And that's just the right way of doing it. Because, you, yeah, you can... It, it's one thing for them to alert the compliance department and have them look into it to see if there's something to be answered. But they then announced it. So that's where things change. And I think if you're going to publicly announce it to everyone, then it's just good practice to make sure that those you're investigating are, are aware Especially if you have done, as Mercedes clearly stated, some off-the-record briefing. Because then you're doing your statement, which is public and blah, blah, blah. But then potentially there's been a bit of poking behind the scenes as well, just to let a little bit more detail out there. Just to, And, and, and that's a bit... I mean, it, it happens. That is absolutely like run-of-the-mill F1. But when it's something like this... And as as you just said there, you, you haven't done things the right way. It's a little bit cowardly to kind of do that stuff that way because you're doing it through back channels, which is just a little bit unnecessary. And that's why I think one of the things in the Mercedes statement that stood out to me related to transparency, because how many times have we heard that word thrown around by Ben Salayem since his presidency began? Because it was a key, it was a cornerstone of his election campaign, wasn't it? And uh, as Mercedes has said, you know they was they found out through the media statement. As far as I as I sit here and record this now, I don't think there's been any FIA communication with Mercedes over it yet. And you know we're quite away. Certainly there wasn't last night, and we're quite away along with this now. So Mercedes has said they've invited full, prompt, and transparent correspondence from the compliance department regarding this event, this investigation and its contents. So it's kind of time for the FAA to put up and shut up, really, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, weren't we? Had about you know what what would be the sensible next thing for the FAA to do versus what's the kind of likely thing that they would do. But 
but you do need to, it does feel like it needs to be the, it, it can't just be dropped. That would just look silly because if it was serious enough to do all this in the first place, you drop it now, it's just, it makes a mockery of the whole process. But if they're going to do it, I think it has to be as swift as they can be and then it has to be really transparent. And if that net result is there was absolutely nothing here and we should have handled it better, they have to come out and say that. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And there's, again, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the FIA being prepared to do these sorts of investigations. It's absolutely part of their remit. But yeah, it needs to be transparently communicated what, what and why and what they're trying to do. Otherwise, yeah, it just becomes this weaponized uh, part of a political game, which unfortunately does seem to be what it's a big part of. We'll get back to the pod in a moment. But first, a word about our partner, Grammarly. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. I know from experience that Grammarly can help you save time on any writing task and ensure you feel confident about what you've produced. In fact, 96% of Grammarly's users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing, and their tone suggestions can help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at grammarly.com forward slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said done. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, to finish off, Scott, what does happen next? Yeah, so I uh, I, I mentioned it earlier that there is this there should be this kind of set process where they look into it to determine whether there's something to look into properly. Then they do a full investigation. They'll speak to the parties involved. It'll be, you know, the Wolves will have their chance to to, to push back or say what, say what they have to say. Um, and then there'll be a determination. There'll be, okay, there's something here which therefore an FIA body has to look into further or we recommend these actions be taken or whatever. Or it gets dropped. And it has to be recommended to the FIA that there's no evidence of misconduct or, or anything like that. So that's kind of the sort of formal aspect of it from an investigation point of view, which is obviously the most pressing issue for the here and now. But then you kind of get into the what should happen next, which is I think there does need to be better transparency of what caused this. Or what what Because if, if the 10 teams have all now said... They're oblivious to the idea of there being any complaint about the transfer of confidential information between these two parties. That doesn't just go for Susie telling Toto something. That has to apply both ways because of the way it's phrased. So I I actually think there's... I don't think they can publicly because if it's gone through the... I think is it the ethics and compliance hotline it's called. I'm sure that 100% has to be treated confidentially. 
But if it hasn't, and the team and no team member has formally complained, I actually, I actually think the FAA might need to say where this came from, because otherwise, how do you take it seriously? Well, what they have said so far is that it was media speculation sensed on that allegation. So yeah, it, 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 that implies that they've launched this based on media speculation, which is. Uh, now, some of the media do some very good work and some very good stuff is written about that people would rather wasn't out there. But that's a slightly flimsy pretext, I would say, because what the teams have all said collectively is like, well, we're not we're not part of this. Especially as there was that off-record briefing that we've mentioned a few times that Mercedes stressed, which did seem to imply that the FIA had received a complaint from teams or yeah. was worried by team concerns so although of course we've only got mercedes say so for that that being a thing that happened yes yeah yeah, of course so again it's all you've obviously got always got to be careful and question motives and who's saying what etc um but yeah that i just thought was worth mentioning yeah it absolutely is but that's why and that's why i think that more information needs to be shared here because right now with the action of the 10 teams I think the FIA's position has been undermined and I think they've made, been made to look quite foolish in public. So yeah. it's in and the so, interest... So they need to say, because there could be plenty of good reasons why they've done this and they need to make clear why. That, yeah, that's, that's the bottom line, isn't it? I, I think so. Um, and uh, apart from that, I think the sensible thing to do is just head down, keep your heads down, stop stop causing needless bits of conflict and and, and friction and tension and all of this. And just have a little bit of a rethink about how things in general are being handled at the moment because I just kind of sometimes feel that there are kind of two bits of the FIA. There's the majority of the FIA that's like working and, you know, the communication when the FIA is doing stuff properly and through the proper channels is generally quite good. I don't think there's any real major problem there. But then, like I say, there's the kind of there's the ver- there's the president's FIA, which is when it's something that he wants to happen, and it's always just a little bit of weirdness around how that gets communicated and how information comes out and what that information is. So, I think I I just think I I just think it merits a, some lessons being learned by various parties here in what's the healthy way forward and what's the 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 sensible way of doing it. Like I've said, we, we, when it comes to allegations like this if you have any reason any good reason to believe that those allegations might be true or there might be something into them you have to investigate it i don't have a problem with that i just have a problem with how it's all all been handled because the faa should be looking into serious stuff and taking things seriously especially if there is a risk to the to the proper running of the championship and 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 all of this but i don't think that the way that this has been gone about has achieved that in a sensible way and fair way well exactly and if you argue that the FIA feels it's being marginalized by Liberty Media's control of F1 etc it would be perfectly entitled to stand its ground and battle a bit but at the same time you don't achieve that by kind of bringing yourself into question disrepute by not doing things in in the transparent and right way so that's that's the the problem here ultimately FIA and Liberty Media should be two sides of the same F1 coin really and they've been drifting further and further apart. And it is getting, it feels like it's building dangerously to that point where there's that where there's that schism. And obviously you've had all the stuff with Andretti and the, the extra team process, et cetera, which still is unresolved. So there's just been 
incident after incident after incident and i'd be wary about something like this being almost weaponized as part of that battle because that's the thing there's always a wide political landscape going on here and you've always got to think first and foremost how it all fits into that and the big picture here is the FIA has done something and FOM and the 10 teams have basically all said we're not very pleased with this and they've done it publicly so that it's completely clear what they're saying to the world so yeah quite significant it's going to be interesting to see what the next step is in it because it's uh, it's not a it's not a clear cut situation, and I think probably as with everything, a little bit more transparency would help. Well, thanks very much, Scott, for your insight. Head to the race.com and don't forget the hyphen. Plenty there to read about goings on in F1, not just the political battles, but there's some on track stuff there as well. Listen to our other podcasts, including Bring Back V10s, the Race F1 Tech Show with Gary Anderson, our IndyCar Formula E and MotoGP pods as well, and also check out our YouTube channel. Just search for the race. Well, like we always say, we're going to keep going throughout the off-season, so stay with us for everything you need to know from the world of Formula One. The Athletic.